Jesus.
Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, we only want to hear your voice, we're hanging on every
fall into grace done with the hiding no reason to wait my heart found a sergeant my soul found a friend so i run to my father again and again and again and again, again. Father today, that we can fall into his embrace, we can have and be, create a sanctuary right where we're at in our homes and enter into his presence. God is so good. God is so good to meet us where we're at in our time of need. Would you join me in prayer? Father God, thank you. Lord, we thank you for your constant provision, your constant protection, your constant guidance in our lives, Lord, your constant companionship. And Father God, I thank you for your people. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you have your hand on your people. You're a good shepherd. You shepherd your flock, Lord, with great care and great love and great concern for every need. Lord, and you see those who have needs today you not only see them, but you're actively working in their situations, Lord, to bring about solutions, resolve, Lord, to bring about miracles, Lord, that only you can do. Lord, so thank you for meeting your people. Lord, I do pray we lift up those who have urgent needs, financial needs, health needs. Lord, we thank you that you're our healer and you're our provider today. Lord, that there's nothing too difficult for you. Lord, if anybody is out there today and, and needing work, they've lost their jobs, they've been laid off, Lord, whether that's indefinitely or temporarily or whatever that looks like, they're in need of your provision, God. God, would you come and meet their needs, Lord, financially? Lord, thank you for opening up doors of opportunity, for being their source in their time of need today, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you're giving us ways as a people to connect and encourage one another in this time, Lord, to break out of the isolation that we feel and know that we're loved, know that we can be encouraged, Lord, know that there's still a community and, a, and ways to connect in this digital age, Lord. So thank you, Lord, for all those who are tuning in today that, uh, Lord, you would just meet them where they're at. Lord, we thank you for giving your peace to your people. You are the Prince of Peace, Lord, today. You are the Prince of Peace. Lord, thank you for your awesome power, your awesome provision. Lord, and we pray for salvations. Lord, we thank you that you're moving upon the hearts of people who have, maybe they've strayed from you, Lord, during this time. Maybe they've wandered off. And this is this crisis, this this has brought an urgency, a sense of urgency into their hearts, Lord, that there's something more and there's something they need to get back to and that's a relationship with you. God, would you move and work and draw them by your great love. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we lift up those that are serving tirelessly, Lord. Healthcare professionals that are out there serving and, and working and, and, and giving all they got to help people, Lord. Would you uh, fill their tanks, Lord? Lord, give them wisdom. Would you give them your uh, guidance and insight? And Lord, would you give them rest? Lord, thank you for our leaders who are making decisions daily, who are, uh, Lord, just, uh, Lord, trying their best to make decisions in the midst of this uh, storm. We thank you that you're with them. Be with our leaders today, our government leaders, our city leaders, our national leaders, Lord, Lord, our world leaders throughout the world that are that are trying to navigate this situation. Thank you for being with our leaders today. Lord, and we praise you today.
that we have partners all around the world that you're taking care of too. Our missionaries, those that are serving on the front lines today, Lord, would you help them? Those that may be in those in-between trapped places, whether they're in airports or places where they can't, they can't travel out of or into or, and they're separated from their family members, Lord, would you just be their encouragement today? Would you be their protector and provider today? And would you use them mightily Lord, to see the opportunities around them and to, Lord, bring your gospel message to the lost. Lord, thank you today. We're so thankful. We're grateful. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Aren't you so thankful for God's grace today? I know I am. And uh, I want to just, uh, Pastor's got a great word for us today, and he's going to be coming and sharing with us. But I just have something I'd like to reflect on. There's a verse of scripture um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. And it says this, as God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain, for he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you, and in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. I was thinking and reflecting on some of the ways that we can receive God's grace in vain. And uh, I don't think the, the writer, Paul here, as he writes to the Corinthians, is talking about the grace that we receive to saving grace, but I think it's the daily grace, the daily living uh, grace that we can sometimes forfeit or receive in vain. And he's talking about this, and as I was reflecting, you know, one of the ways that we receive the grace of God in vain is when we fail to live in the present. God is a God of the now, and uh, now, it says, is the time of his favor. Do you believe that today? Even in the midst of all the news and all, all the things that are happening in our world today, do you believe that now is the time of God's favor? That's what the scripture says. That's what the word of God says. And uh, it's, it's, the time of favor is not some out there, blissful, pie-in-the-sky future when I'm feeling better about my situation and when the stock market's up or, uh, or the opportunity is passed. The opportunity, the time of favor, the scripture says is now. And so let's live in the presence. Let's live in the now. God is a God of the now, and he wants his children to be on the cutting edge of what he's doing now. Grace. Grace is power for living now. Grace is the power for living now. So live in expectation. As God's people, we can live in expectation, but don't miss out on what God wants to do now in your life. Is he drawing you closer? Do you have more time and space to, to cultivate a relationship that's deeper with him? Some of us do in our situations. Take advantage of that. God is a God of the now. And it's also grace, this, this, this grace that we are favored with is also the ability to see what others can't see around us. I think of Joseph. Joseph was a... a a, a person, a man of God who saw things that others weren't able or willing to see around him. And he was given grace to see a future which none of his brothers could see. And, and the grace that accompanied him through the duration until that vision came to pass. Because he lived in that. He was able to see. He kept his eyes open to the opportunities. Grace is that ability to keep our eyes open. Paul puts it like this. Have the eyes of our heart enlightened so that we can know what God, wants, what God is doing around us and what he has for us. So let's keep our eyes open as we hold on to grace. And finally, grace is the ability to live generously and trust God's daily provision in our lives. There's a grace of giving that, that, is, um, that God's people are favored with. And um, his favor is on us every day in the form of grace. Grace to receive and grace to give. How are you doing at receiving? How are you doing at giving God's grace? When we have to kind of just store it up and, and 
you know, it's, it's, all, it's out there. The panic is, is out there. And when we have this kind of store it up and hoard it mentality and perspective, we risk forfeiting God's uh, the manna of grace today, what he has for us today. So don't panic. Rest in the arms of the Father as we were singing. Rest in his arms and, 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 and live a generous life. Continue to live generously. Look for ways to give and to serve and to, to, to be a conduit of God's grace. So thank you also for your faithfulness in giving. And giving really is a grace. And it's magnified, especially in seasons of challenge. We see that in scripture where the early church was, was them, themselves going through great, uh, had great needs, and yet the grace of giving was operating in and through their lives and their, and their circumstances. So this is a time of great favor upon God's people to, 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 to live out generosity, to live out giving. So uh, that comes in lots of different forms and ways as we give and serve with our time, our resources, and we're and and so and our gifts and and there's a lot of ways we can do that. But I want to remind you that you can still give online and be uh, a, and continue uh, your faithfulness in giving in that way. Um, there's a there's some information on the website and on the screen here today that you can shows you how you can give online. Um, if you're if you're not an online uh, person, if you're not techie, you can just uh, mail a check into the church. Uh, and um, or if you want to drop it off, you can also call ahead of time and uh, make sure someone's in the office and bring the che- bring a check in. So there's different ways that you can continue the in the area of faithful giving. So thank you again for your faithfulness. Let's just pray together. Father, thank you for the grace that you give us. Thank you for an, the outpouring of your grace in time of need. Lord, we're not always aware of it when things are good and we're comfortable and uh, everything seems uh, like it's going in our favor, but Lord, we're keenly aware, Lord, and make us more aware of your grace in our time of need and in in a world in crisis. And Lord, just thank you, Lord, for sheltering your people with your grace and empowering your people with grace because grace is power for living, and we love you today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Tim. Hey, hello, church family. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Man, we are ready for today. Excited to be able to come to you today again. Uh, Just so thankful that uh, God helped us be prepared for this, and through your faithfulness, your love, your support, the ministry partnering with us, we have the cameras, we have the resources, we're just ready to go, and uh, so we were able to make this transition without any problem at all, and uh, we're just, again, so grateful and thankful for all of you who helped make the ministry possible. Thank you for your continued love and support in helping us here, and uh, a quick update, if you stay connected to our uh, website and our Facebook pages, either for the church or for the Lord's Gym. We've been having a great week down at the Lord's Gym. We had to close last Wednesday, and uh, so in this process, we have been repainting the whole facility. We have made repairs and upgrades, and uh, we have a new e- some new equipment coming, and so we're excited. But it is also a challenging time and, uh, in those areas and that, and uh, so we have people that want to freeze their memberships or do whatever, and that's all good. And I've been in doing this long enough to find out that God is faithful no matter what happens. So we're excited, but we'll keep you posted with pictures and updates of everything going on. You can go to... Lord's Gym, El Dorado County at Facebook, and uh, keep posted there. We have a Lord's Gym EDC webpage that you can go to and keep updated there, as well as the church website. So lots of ways to stay connected, and so 
it's kind of amazing. Think about this. If we were doing this and we didn't have all this connection, it could really be discouraging. But thank God for the age of technology that we are in and our ability to remain connected. So we love you. Appreciate all of you. Hey, did you, do you have your Bibles this morning? You're there at home. You should have one. You should be able to grab one. Do you have that ready, Eli? Let's make our declaration this morning. We're going to open up the Word and uh, make the decora- our Bible declaration. You guys got it? Say this with me. This is my Bible. I live by its truth. I walk in its light. I rest in its promises. I'm empowered by its love. I overcome by the faith produced from receiving this seed sown into my heart. Father, I thank you in these next few moments that by your Holy Spirit, Father, you will reach and touch every heart and every life with truth from your word. Father, we have open hearts to receive, open ears to hear. And Father, we desire to be strengthened, changed, and conformed into the image of your Son. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we didn't do our usual stand up and meet and greet, but look at your neighbor on your right there on your couch. Look at your neighbor on your left there in the chair next to you. Wave at them. Give them a high five or a shout or whatever you want to do. But we are glad you are with us here this morning. You know, Wednesday night I shared a script with you, and I just wanted to put it up again. Proverbs 12 and verse 25, it says this, Anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. And that's what we have for you today is a good word of encouragement and uh, I just as I was praying all week going in several different directions I was going to speak on the power and the influence of words in our life today how many know all of our lives are being influenced by the words that we are hearing and then what we hear if we don't filter that it can get down into our heart if it gets down into our heart then that affects what comes out of our mouth and what comes out of our mouth really becomes a declaration either of our faith or of our fear so words are so important that's why I like that scripture a good word makes a heart glad how do I know whether I'm listening to a good word or not What's my heart's response? Is my heart glad? Is it making me discouraged? So guard your heart. Make sure you're listening to the right words. And the way to always have a good word is to be in God's word. God always has a good word for you of hope, encouragement, and a a word that will always build our faith and secure our trust in Him. So praise the Lord. So excited to be able to share this with me this morning. This morning I'm going to be sharing with you a message called In Between. And the Lord took me back to a thought and a remembrance of when seven years ago when I was on the Sea of Galilee. And the message is this, is that in Habakkuk says this, 2 and verse 4, he says, write the vision, make it plain so they that read it can run with it. And it says, though it tarry, wait for it. For it will certainly come. Or in other words, there's always a change. The answer always arrives. And this morning, I want you to hold on to that. Waiting for God to show up in your life. Hold on to your patience. Hold on to endurance. Hold on to faith. Hold on to strength. But wait for it. Believe God. He will bring the answer to pass in our lives. You know, as I said, seven years ago, I was able to go to Israel. In fact, it was seven years ago last month in February that we were able to go with 34 pastors and uh, with Kufi and Christians United for Israel. We had a great time and an awesome time. And while we were there, we got to go to the Sea of Galilee. And the Sea of Galilee is just an amazing place. And while we were there, we got to take a boat ride. And when you read the scriptures, we think about, oh, and we're going to share a few with you this morning. But our boat ride on the Sea of Galilee looked like this. It was more like a barge ride than a boat ride, but it's very large. It had a whole crew, and while we're on there, we just had a great time, and we crossed over, and the water was just like that. It was perfectly flat, perfectly calm, and was just a great day, but as I was on that ride, then some things began to happen. A boat ride on the Sea of Galilee can bring up a lot of thoughts in the life of a preacher. For me, I began to think about the lessons learned in our in-between places with God. When you are on the sea, you're in in between shores and destination. When we were there on that boat, we were in between shores. The ocean, the sea, is an in-between place. You see, I'm convinced that we live most of our lives in between. 
whether it's in between amen and there it is, the promise and the fulfillment, our calling and our separation, what God has purposed for us to do, or in between the dream and the vision coming to its full fulfillment in our life. This current situation has all of us in an in-between experience of some type in our lives. At this very moment. That's where we are. We're in between. We're in this sea. We're basically, if you would, on the boat. We're in this in-between place going from shore to shore, where we were to where we're going. So, and that's different than a boat ride because all the variables in this current situation affect us all at the same time, but in many different ways. Whatever the conditions were in your life before this happened, this could either have compounded them, frustrated them, made something. But in the middle of all this, how we respond in the in-between place is so important. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. I believe that the lessons of the in-between place are the most valuable lessons we learn in the pursuit of serving God and fulfilling our calling and purpose in Christ. Christ. You see, Jesus did a lot of his ministry on the Sea of Galilee in the, in the times of Jesus. That's what the boats looked like. We were on like a luxury liner when we crossed over, but these were the boats that they actually had. In fact, they actually have in a museum there. They, they have a boat from the act that dates back to the time of Christ, and they uh, found it there. It's been preserved. It was petrified there in the ocean. They found it. They preserved it and brought it out, and it exactly looked like that, so they've made replicas that literally look exactly like the boat that Jesus and his disciples would have been used in their fishing ventures and stuff like that. So the Sea of Galilee is this amazing play. So much of Christ's ministry was centered around and took place in that region. He was frequently found on a boat with a disciple in between one place of purpose to the next. When Jesus was in a boat, when he was with the disciples, he was going from one place of purpose to the next. And that's where you are. You're in between one place of God's purpose in your life and you're heading towards the next. In fact, at the Sea of Galilee, Jesus actually came by and that's where he called his disciples. Many of them, several of them, he called there. Uh, Peter, James, and John were called from there. They were fishermen. They were in their boat. They left their boats to follow Christ in that time. And so this morning, let's just take this just a little bit further. You see, some amazing things happen during those in-between times. When we find ourselves in an in-between time like we are right now today, some amazing things can happen. Sometimes the lessons, look at this, sometimes the lessons learned in the in-between place are as valuable and as important as arriving on the other side. I mean, we want this to be over, we want to get on, but what are you learning right now? What should we be learning? What should we be looking for in this place? This is the place where we learn to wait upon the Lord. Think about this. We learn to wait upon Him, to trust Him, to rest in His Word, to remain under His Lordship and covering, to keep our eyes and our focus completely fixed on Him, not upon the circumstances of the in-between play. Hear that again. This is the place where we learn to wait upon the Lord, to trust Him, to rest in His Word, to remain under His Lordship and covering, and to keep our eyes and our focus completely upon Him, not on the circumstances of the in-between place. You see, this is the place where the Lord comes to us walking in His authority upon the storm that is contrary to our advancement, and He invites us to walk with Him there on top of the situation. We all know the account in Matthew chapter 14. Jesus came walking on the storm, and Peter said, Lord, if it is you, then ask me or bid me to come to where you are. And Jesus, as he gets out of the boat, we know he begins walking to Jesus. He takes that leap of faith. He steps out and begins walking. But I want you to see in this picture, what is Jesus doing? He's walking on the circumstances of opposition that they are facing in an in-between place. And so you and I in Christ, that's our position right now. We are in Christ. So where are you? You are in Him, and He is on top of this situation. He is walking on top. His invitation is the same to you as it was to Peter. Come to me where I am. Come out and walk on top of this circumstance with me. So I want you to get that in your, in your heart this morning. Because what happened to Peter as he took his eyes off of Jesus, and, and he got focused off of the, of the invitation, 
revelation of Christ, to walk with him, he began to consider the circumstances of the in-between play. He began to think about the wind and the wave and think about that it was unnatural. See, people right now, they're in a panic, they're in fear, they're in anxiety. And so that's the natural response. It was unnatural to get out of the boat. Jesus didn't come to prove. He doesn't walk on water to prove and to show off. He walks on water to show us that he is always above every circumstance we are in. And that in him, we have been given the positional authority to walk with him above the circumstances that we are in. Praise the Lord. So think about this. This is the place where the Lord comes. Now look at this. What, what about this? It is a proving place. It is a preparing place. It is a place of death and resurrection where something of the old man must die so we can receive and walk in the new. Hear that again. This is a pro proving place. It is a preparing place. It is a place of death and resurrection where something of the old man must die so we can receive and walk in the new. Come on, while you're in this season, what are you allowing God to do in your life right now? Look for this as a, as a season of preparation, a season of getting ready for what he has in store. Come on, the Lord knew this was coming. He, he knew this day was coming. He's not surprised by any of this, by anything that's going on around in the world. And so if you will allow him and listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, he will prepare you in this season for what he has prepared for you when you reach the other side. Praise the Lord. So our lives are lived out in in-between places. The place we are passing through on our way to the fulfillment of His Word in our life. Most of the accounts we read in Scripture are those of in-between places. I want you to think about some of the Noah. Noah lived for 125 years in between build it and get in. <laughs> The Lord said, build me an ark. And it took over a hundred years. He spent over a hundred years between build it and get in. And then he had another extended time from get in to get out. And so he had two in-between places, one right behind another. So he's told to build it and then to get in it. And then after he gets in it, then he has to wait in another in-between time with all of his family, with all the animals, with everything going on in that place. How many know his house looks a lot different than yours does right now, depending upon how many kids you have? Amen. So with all that, but Abraham, I mean, Moses is in this ark. He's got every animal in the world there, every creature, two of the unclean, seven of the clean. Hey, man, there's just a lot of stuff going on in that boat in his in-between place between get in and get out. Think about that. What about Abraham in between the promise of a son, in between he hearing and receiving the promise and the manifestation of his son being born? And what he experienced in the in-between place in his walk with God, what he learned in between the promise and the fulfillment is what enabled him to offer Isaac up in worship to the Lord. What is God preparing you for on the other side of this in-between season we are in? What about Elisha? Elisha spent 20 years in between the mantle being thrown upon him and then Elijah saying, if you see me when I go. In between that transition, he had a 20-year in-between place. And when it came down to 2 Kings chapter 2, he had to go from Jordan from Bethel to Jericho to Jordan. He had those three places that he went. And those are three significant places. Bethel or Bethel is the house of God. And so how we conduct ourselves in the house of God. How's your worship? How is that going? Jericho was a place of shout and the victory that God gives us over the adversity that's before. Jericho is a place of victory that God provides in our life. We don't fight the battle. We don't do it. We just listen to the Lord and we declare and we do what he tells us to do and declare it and shout it by faith. And God causes the walls to come down. So he went from the house of God. How you handle yourself in the house of God determines how you receive the victory. And then the Jordan is the place of crossing over. And so all those three things lead in progression and they're lessons we learn in the in-between play. What about David in between being anointed king 
and becoming king. What did he go through? He went through years of being persecuted by Saul, being misunderstood by people until the time he actually became king. What about Joseph in between the dream and the palace? What an in-between place for him, being beaten up by his brothers, hated by his brothers, despised by his family, sold into slavery, thrown into prison, lied about, thrown into prison, then staying there, then being forgotten in prison, then finally coming out on the other side. But how he conducted himself in between is what made the difference on how he came out into the palace. And so there's that old saying, Joseph actually said, hey, he had to take me there to get me here. Where is God going to take you on the other side of this? See, sometimes it can feel like the valley of the shadow of death. You can feel like, man, this in-between place feels like the valley of the shadow of death. And then at other times, it can feel like he's preparing a table before you in the presence of your enemy. But either way, it's a place we are passing through. Come on, this is, see, the in-between place is a pass, passing through place, not a forever place. We're, we're there. We're going from one shore to the other shore. Again, this lesson is important. The lesson is as important as arriving on the other side. What we learn in the process is as important as getting out of the boat on the other side. If we miss this, we can arrive on the other side and never be changed. Friend, I want to tell you something so important this morning. There are some people who will go through this season and come out on the other side and not even be changed. They won't allow God to do anything in their life. I pray, I pray that you are not one of them. That you will seek God. Say, God, what do you want to do in my life? What do you want to show me in this time? Just like I said earlier about the Lord's gym. Come on, we're in a season. And so what are we doing? Yeah, we're, we're expending uh, some of our savings. We, we have to put savings on the line. We, we have to believe God by faith in, in order to keep staff employed. When you don't have income coming in, you have to do those things. But in the process, we're preparing to make things better so that we come out on the other side. When people walk through our door, they're not going to walk into the same place. They're going to walk into a better place. So how are you preparing right now that is so important? You do not want to come out on the other side without change taking place in your life. Let God do some remodeling, some recleaning, some restoring, some refurbishing in your life. And come out on the other side changed in Jesus' name. You see, Peter, in between bid me come to where you are and getting to Jesus... He was in the valley of the shadow of death. That's what he, he lost. Forward. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And, but Jesus, I mean, Peter forgot that. And so he got his eyes off of Jesus and began to sink. But the Lord was there and lifted him up. So let me give you this. The lessons learned in between will change your life forever. The lessons you learn in this in-between place can change your life forever for the better. For the better. Don't let this change you for the good. Some people are naturally negative. Amen. I, I try to avoid those people myself. But they're, they're just naturally negative. And, and so they're pessimistic versus optimistic. Glass is always half empty instead of half full. We all know all that stuff. But, but don't, don't let, you know, and, and, and that's good. We need all of that. We need both sides. We need the whole spectrum of perspective for life. But, but in that, don't let this become so negative. Everything you're hearing, the words you are hearing right now, being promoted to you and preached to you on every news channel, every area is dramatic. Everything is overblown. Everything is, has been so hyped out of proportion. I'm, I'm just going to declare this to you right now. When all the smoke clears out of this whole thing, it's going to be less than what was promoted. You just watch what happens. So watch this. The lessons learned in between will change our lives forever. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus told them, as we said, let's cross over to the other side. In Matthew 15, they were in between the shore, in between, and Peter found himself in between the boat and Jesus. What are you doing in between? The moment Peter stepped out of the boat, he was in between the boat and Peter. And what happened in the in-between place is what we remember him for. You know what's sad? I, I, I give Peter credit. I was on the Sea of Galilee. The sea was calm. I did not dare get out of the boat. Of course, I didn't have a word from the Lord saying, come. 
But if I was going to walk on water, man, it was calm as glass. That was the time to do it. But Peter at least had the boldness and the courage and the faith to respond to Jesus. Everybody else stayed in the boat. We never give Peter credit for even stepping into the in-between play. And, and so he learned something in that play. He, he went through that. He had an encounter with the Lord that nobody else received because he was bold enough to step into the in-between play. Right now, we are in an in-between play, kind of on a forced mandate. People are finding themselves in a situation on a forced mandate. But there are other times when you have to be seeking the Lord and asking Him and listening for His Word, and your response to His Word will put you in a voluntary in-between place with Him because you desire to be where He is more than where you are. Think about it. You see, when they thought that what they thought would just be a boat ride across the sea became a life lesson they would never forget. Many times what seems to be a casual in-between experience going from one side to the other can be life-changing. The lesson his disciples learned in between this boat ride changed them forever. Think about this. It is in the in-between places that we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. In the in-between places, keep your eyes on Jesus. Ask yourself, what is he doing? He is sleeping, he is praying, and he is walking. What do you need to be doing? I'll put you like this. Some of you need to get some sleep. Some of you just need to rest. Let God give you peace. Let him give you rest. Some of you just need to spend time in prayer, more time in prayer. You have more time on your hand. Spend time in prayer and communion and fellowship with God. And press in in that. And then spend time just walking. Walk this thing out. Just stay faithful. One step at a time. Keep walking with the Lord. Praise God. See, it is that in-between place that we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. You see, sometimes in between miracles and provision, victories and victories come storms. Sometimes in between the miracle and the provision and the victory, a storm shows up. I want you to think about that. John chapter 9, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there in John chapter 9. And I love this account. In John chapter 9, here's what happens. I don't have time to read all these verses with you this morning. John chapter 9, verse 1. Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parent, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. And verse 6 is awesome. And when he had said these things, he spat on the ground, made clay with saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with clay. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated simp. And watch this, he went and washed and came back seen. I love re reading this story because this guy gets thrown into an in-between in play and he didn't even do nothing. He's just sitting there blind and begging. Jesus and, and his entourage walk by, his disciples, they come by. The disciples begin to ask a question and this guy is involuntarily thrown into an in-between situation. And so there he is, he's just sitting there, and they're having a conversation about him. Then the next thing you know, he hears Jesus spit on the ground. Then the next thing you know, he's got wet mud, wet spitty mud put in his eye. And, and to me, that was the easiest act of obedience ever. If you spit and put wet mud in my eyes, I'm definitely going to go wash, praise the Lord. <laughs> and so with that, it wasn't a hard thing for him to obey, but there he is going and washing. But then he comes back seeing, and now he's had a transformation, and that transformation brings him into a whole other in-between place because now he finds himself in a storm of accusation against him or actually against Christ, and he's caught in the middle of the religious people coming against the works of Jesus. And so he's put in, he's examined, taken to church, and examined by, by the religious leaders of the day. His parents are brought in to testify if he's their child. How is he made blind? Everybody's backing away from him. He is isolated all by himself. So his first encounter with Jesus throws him into this in-between play. But then his next encounter with Jesus, he actually ends up getting excommunicated, kicked out of church for washing mud out of his eyes and seeing. 
amazing. And so religion cracks me up. Anyway, that's a whole other message. But anyway, in, in this, then it says that, this, that Jesus finds him. Watch this. It says, verse 35, John chapter 9, verse 35, or actually verse 34. Where and they answered and said to him, you are born in sin and you are teaching us. And they cast him out. Verse 35, Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, he said to him, do you believe in the Son of God? He answered and said, who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And he said to him, you have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. Then he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. You know, in that in-between place while he was being examined, he began to think about Jesus and what has happened to him. And in that in-between play, God began to reveal who Christ was to him. And this is what happened in that in-between place. He began to say, man, if this man wasn't from God, he couldn't do any of these things. He has to be from God. It has never been heard since all of history that any man opened the eyes of one who was born blind. If he wasn't from God, he couldn't do that. And that's what got him in trouble. So this revelation in the in-between play, a lesson was being learned. And when he got out on the other side, he came face to face with his Lord and his Savior. What a transformation. God could do something amazing, and he could show you some amazing things in this in-between play. Bill, come play for me if you would. There's an in-between place in every choice and decision you make. Just understand that. People say, okay, I understand there's an in-between place. My question to you is, can you live with that? You see, it can become a place of life or death, blessing or cursing. God wants to bring you through this in-between place with blessing and promotion. Your faith strengthened, your heart encouraged. You see, it's never about what happens on the shores that mess you up. It's what happens in the in-between place. It's a place of test and trial and temptation. Fear, frustration, and fatigue. That's what happens in the in-between place. It's where we're tested, tried, and tempted. It's where fear tries to come in. Frustration tries to rise up. And fatigue tries to set in upon us. But if I keep my eyes on Him, I change all that. What did Joseph, what Joseph did in the in-between, the vision and the throne made all the difference. What David did in between being anointed as king and becoming king made all the difference. You've been in in in-between places before. You've come out victorious on the other side. You're going to come out victorious on the other side in this in-between place as well. Think about it. Here's my question to you this morning. How are you handling living in between? How are you doing, friends? How are you handling this? Hopefully you're being strong. Let me give you a secret. You want to know how to be strong? Strengthen somebody else. Every one of us knows somebody. When this service is over and we close here in just a few minutes, do me a favor. Call somebody, text somebody, connect with somebody. You know, this morning driving up, getting ready, God put one of my friends on my heart in Oklahoma. Pastor friend of mine, Rocky Walker. So I just texted Rocky. I said, hey, brother, how you doing? I love you. I I love him with all my heart. He's one of my dear, 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 dear friends. And I said, Rocky, I love you, man. How you doing? I tried to call him. He couldn't talk. So I'm going to call him. I told him, I said, I'll call you after church today. Let God speak to you and put somebody on your heart. Call them, encourage them, strengthen them, build them up. And you'll find when you strengthen somebody else, what you pour into somebody else. Look, the Bible just says give and it is given back to you. Just so, just give. Giving and being generous is more than just giving of our finance. That's an integral part of it. But giving in every way, in every aspect of our life. Give out of yourself to somebody else. How are you living in between? Handling, living in between. Amen, and there it is. I want you to hear again. We are all in an in-between place right now in our life. Everybody. And almost all of us, virtually all of us, unless you have...
contracted a virus at this time, you are in this thing involuntarily. You didn't ask for it. You're just in it. So how are we going to respond? How are you handling it? How will you allow this to affect or impact your life? We need to make choices and have responses that keep us focused on the other side. Keep your eye on the dream, the goal, the vision, the fulfillment, and purpose to stay in peace, knowing who is taking you there. Make this season a season of preparation for the other side. Prepare now. I'm just going to throw this out to you. How people prepared, what you were doing before this came to pass, what your perspective were, how you were handling your finances will determine. Many times in between places come unexpectedly just like this. How we're living, how we're preparing, how we're handling our finances. Are we saving? Are we being wise? Are we living in instant gratification or delayed gratification? Are we living on credit or are we living by cash? All those things prepare us for unexpected suddenlies and in between places. In this season, maybe you would sit down. Maybe you've never had time to make a budget. Maybe you've never had time to really stop and reconsider all your finance. Come on, everything is open and available for change right now. Let this be a season of preparation for the other side. We're going to make it safely there. Think about it. And what happens there will be impacted by how we respond and prepare now in this in-between place. I want to close with this. In-between places accomplish two things. They reveal how we have prepared up to this point, And they give us the opportunity to prepare for the next season. You have the opportunity now to prepare for the next season. Never let an in-between season move you off of your purpose and destiny in Christ hold fast to the word of God in prayer remain faithful in all things and remember this too shall pass I want you just right where you are to bow your heads with me this morning and I'm asking you to pray this prayer with me just right where you are we're going to pray together and I want you to just repeat this prayer as I pray pray this with me Heavenly Father Today I come and I call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I declare today that I believe in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Today I reaffirm and I commit my life to you, Jesus. That I will live for you, honor you serve you trust you and follow you all the days of my life in you I place my trust in you I find my hope in you I am at rest so today I am thankful and I rejoice and I am glad because Jesus is Lord of my life. You are Lord of my spirit and you are Lord over my soul. My mind, my will, my emotions are in control. And in this in-between place, I will prepare for the other side. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask Bill and Lori to come back and just lead us in one more worship song. And then I'm going to come and pray a prayer of declaration again over your life. Man, I love you so much. Just take them one more moment. Let's just worship God together. Let's just thank Him for His goodness in our life. So they're going to sing, come to the altar. Come on, if that's you today. Maybe you're watching today and you've never given your life to Jesus. Christ. You could do that right now. If you prayed that prayer with me, you already declared him as his Lord. But I want you right there. Just if you pray and you're receiving Christ, tell somebody. Send us an email. But make a note on the website there. Do something. Tell it. Hey, I accepted Christ as my Savior today. I'm going to find my rest, my hope in him. I'm not running for him any longer. I'm running to him today in Jesus' name. Come on, say yes to Jesus with all your heart.
Come on, he's your savior, he's your healer, he's your provider, he's your protector, he's your answer, and he's the one that will get you through this in-between place to the other side. Come on, let's worship the Lord as they lead us right now.
Lord, today we release every weight, every care, every anxiety, every burden. Father, that the enemy would try to place within our souls in this in-between place. Father, I just pray and speak your release and your peace over your people today. Father, that right now in this moment that you transcend space and time by your spirit. That you as the omnipresent God, the God who is present everywhere, always in fullness at the same time, Father. That you would move into every heart, every home, every life, every person watching right now, Father. That your peace would settle down upon them. Lord, you said when you enter into a home, you commission your disciple. When you go into that house, release your peace. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just release my peace into every heart, every life, and every home in Jesus' name. Father, let your peace overcome them. Let it overshadow them. Father, let them be at rest. Let all anxiety, fear, discouragement, any depression, any oppression go now in Jesus' name. And Father, I declare over them that you are our shepherd. Therefore, we do not want that you as our God will always supply all of our needs according to your riches in glory through our Savior, Christ Jesus. Father, today we do not have to fret or have anxiety about anything. We do not have to carry cares and burdens. We can give them to you. Father, today I declare that we are the body of Christ. We are redeemed from the curse of sickness and disease because Jesus bore our sickness and carried our diseases in his own body. We declare today that by his stripes we are the healed of the Lord. We declare today that we forbid any sickness or disease to operate in our body. We declare today that every organ, every tissue of our body will function in the perfection in which God created it to function. Today we will honor our God and bring glory to Him in our body. Today we declare we have the mind of Christ and we hold the thought and the feelings and purposes of His heart in our. Today we declare we are believers and not doubters. We hold fast to our confession of faith. We have made the decision to walk by faith and to practice faith. We declare today that our faith comes from hearing the good word, the word of God, and our faith is strengthened as we pray in the spirit. And we are thankful because this is not our faith, but Jesus is the author and the finisher and the developer of it. So Lord, we trust in you. We rest in you. Father, I pray your blessing. I pray your peace. I pray your protection. I pray your provision over your people. Lord, let them be at rest as they pass through this in-between place in Jesus' name. God bless you. We love you so much. Thank you for coming online, worshiping with us today. Thank you, Bill and Lori. I love you guys. Man, this family has been with us so long. They are such a faithful, faithful family. We are so blessed. So many of you are part of our family. We really are. We're family. We've been together forever. And we love you. We miss all of you. It seems so weird. Pastor Tim, he got saved four times this morning just in this message. The only guy I could pick on, praise the Lord. Amen. So awesome. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, media team, Eli and Buck. Thank you, Rudy. Those of you who are here to help us today, man, we are so blessed. We look forward to be able to gathering with you. Let's believe God that it'll happen on Easter. Amen. We'll have a resurrection Sunday. Come on. What's it going to be like? We'll probably just have a whole meet and greet service. Praise the Lord. Man, we love you. Thank you for your faithful support and your giving. God bless you. Have a blessed, blessed week. We'll be back online Wednesday night at 6.30. Log in and join us. God bless you.